0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Tonight we're going to talk about something different. So turn with me to Proverbs chapter 10. And uh, while you're turning there, I'm going to pray. So just agree with me as as I pray here. Father, as we turn to these scriptures tonight, help us to see things deeper than we've ever seen before. Equip us, help us, change us as we look into your word tonight by the Spirit of God. Father, we trust the great teacher, the Holy Spirit, to help us tonight supernaturally. To come up and out of things maybe we've been struggling with for a while. To get to the next levels of life and ministry. To see a more heaven on earth marriage. To see things happen in our lives that, Father, would give you glory. And so we thank you, Lord, for giving us the things we need tonight. And right now in advance, we praise you and thank you. We'll get it all. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, in response, again, to a form... I felt led to release to the church and say, if you're struggling with anything, let us know. It's kind of like, you know, when Jesus said um, to, the, to the blind man, what do you want me to do for you? You know, he asked them questions at times. What, what do you want me to do? Um, he said one time, how long has this problem been uh, a part of your son's life? And sometimes I think pastors should ask questions in the congregation. Should say, are you, What are you struggling with? What can we do for you? When I'm praying about what to teach, when I'm praying about what to preach, when we're writing songs, what, what are you going through so we can kind of know some things and help you out with, you know, more specific maybe areas of ministry to you? And so the Are You Struggling them? I think we listed about six or seven things on there. Uh, to get you started on, you know, what your unclear purpose, um, fear, habits, loneliness, sickness, disease, poverty, depression. And then we put another thing on the bottom called other. So you could actually put something else. And if you haven't filled one out and you want to, I you don't have to put your name. No, you know, we don't need to know where it comes from. It doesn't matter. But one, another top one, not the highest, depression and un- unclear purpose was at the top. But right under that is financial lack people struggling in the financial area. And God has answers. The Holy Spirit has power for us in these areas. You don't have to be perfect, but you need to be a good learner. And you need to be teachable and correctable because God will help anybody. You don't have to. One thing I realized, you don't have to be a dope dealer. You don't have to be a rock and roll star. You don't have to sell your body. right? You don't have to be you know, uh, 20 years of higher education. There are certain things we can all do To come up financially. And they're not hard. It's just they take faith. Because a lot of these things don't make sense to your natural brain. They don't jive with success seminars in the natural. But there's simple things we can do. uh, In this area of Christianity and living for God. That will cause good things to come into our life supernaturally. You know things that other people are going after. And they're getting ulcers in their stomach. They're losing their marriage. they're, They're aging prematurely. Because they're trying so hard to get this stuff when God said He'd give it to them if they would just serve Him with all their heart. And believe in prosperity because you could serve God with all your heart, not believe in prosperity and still cut yourself off from great things in this area. And so we're going to talk about today, and, and uh, this is an interesting title. And I'm going to throw a little thing on the screen there. And and hear me out before you, you think about tuning out, okay? Because I, I'm not all materialistically minded. I'm not... Duh, there's more important things in life than money. I I guess unless money could save your life or get people to heaven. That's pretty important, right? I mean, let's face it, more money in the right people's hands, more people are going to be in heaven because they're going to use it for ministry. They're going to preach the gospel. They're going to get TV time. They're going to help people, outreach, whatever. Um, But we know money in and of itself is not the most important thing in life, but it's a part of life. And lives can actually be saved if more money's in the right people's hands. Did you know that? Lives can actually be saved. Orphanages could be built. Clean water could be distributed. And so I'm going to talk to you tonight about, ha- <coughs> excuse me, happy and rich. Happy and rich. Now, I know there was a guy named Peter Daniels a while back. Dave Dwell told us about. He had met him he wrote a book called Happy Though Rich. I thought that was an interesting play on words. But happy and rich. Is it possible to be both? <laughs> now we know from news media, we know from articles, and we know from things we've heard on the, uh, you know, the, the radio or the television, we know that you could have multiplied millions of dollars and be so depressed you put a gun to your head and kill yourself. So what's that all about? Well, I think one lesson we need to realize there, you can be rich and not happy. How many know that's possible? Don't need any more suicides of celebrities to realize. I mean, I just so many, even in my lifetime, just so many that have taken their lives through drugs or through stuff. They had all the money. They could go anywhere they want. I'm sure they could get any person they want. I mean, what, what happened? Well, that's a good question. And I think we should talk about it because God's not opposed to his people being rich. He's opposed to them being covetous. He doesn't want his kids poor. He's a good dad. Do you want your kids poor? Now, come on. If you don't want your kids poor and God's much better than we are, why would he want his kids poor? Doesn't make any sense. God's not opposed to his kids being rich. He's opposed to them being covetous. And so let's talk about happy and rich at the same time, all right? Now, <laughs> let's go to Proverbs 10, and you'll see it right here, but there's some things we're going to hear about this that's really going to revolutionize our heart, and our heart's going to change, and good things are going to come into our life. So look at Proverbs 10, verse 22. It says, The blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. And everybody say, and. And he adds no sorrow with it. Now, what's the opposite of sorrow? Happy, joy, right? And if you go the Lord's way, you get them both. Right? Because you can get money other ways than the Lord's way. But have you ever found out and have you ever seen, notice, that you can get the money, but a lot of times it has a lot of baggage with it, a lot of negative side effects, things that, that came with it because maybe it wasn't acquired the way the Lord, you know, maybe people went after it more than they went after God or went after it at the expense of their family. I mean, you know, that's what does what it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own family? I mean, Jesus quoted it. What does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? But what if he lost your family in the process? Well, that's terrible. Money can't buy a family, an original family. That's terrible. And then, thank God, the Lord can restore and help people go forward. And then people learn as they grow. They can have heaven on earth even after a terrible uh, mess up and breakup. Um, But a lot of people sacrifice things money can't buy for money. And then later they try to drown all their sorrows, realizing their sorrows can swim, in alcohol and drugs and sleeping pills and all this stuff. And and if they ever get quiet, though, without any influence of drugs or alcohol, there's this thing inside them going, oh, something's wrong. I got the money. I got the house. I got the jet. I got the car. Something's wrong. Something is wrong. So The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. So you can be rich without sorrow if you go God's way. Now, God's way might take a little bit longer. (laughs) There is patience involved in increasing in the financial realm because really, if God was to give some people today a million dollars, they wouldn't go to church for three years. They, they wouldn't uh, pray or read their Bible for three years. Some of them wouldn't even be alive in 12 months because of their uh, inability to discipline themselves and keep them free from things that would destroy them. Money's powerful. It gives you access to powerful things. And God will release it, and God will get behind us prospering when He sees it won't pull us away from Him. Because... If you want to prosper God's way, you know, no sorrow attached to it. It may take a little longer than if you just jumped out there and worked your finger to the bone and, you know, did everything you knew in your power to get some money because you can do that. You have a will, you, you have power, you, you can do some things, but a lot of times side effects come with that. This, now the contemporary English version of this verse, Proverbs ten twenty two, it says, When the Lord blesses you with riches, you have nothing to regret. When the Lord blesses you with riches, you have nothing to regret. How many people have gotten the riches and then big regret and then sorrow hits and then depression comes on the scene and then all this medication comes on the scene and, and some people can't take it and they, they end their life. Well, that's not what the Lord wants. Um, how many people have got, won the lottery, you know, and just it, it ruined them, <laughs> totally ruined them. And another translation, the ISV, and I don't think we have the International Standard Version, but the ISV says the blessing of the Lord establishes wealth and difficulty does not accompany it. So how many think it's a good idea to go the Lord's way when it comes to becoming rich, uh, more prosperous, coming up in the financial realm? It's, and you know, really... If you look at heaven in the, little, in the little bit of revelation that we do have. Well, we've got quite a bit of revelation about heaven. It's a beautiful place. And it ain't cheap. We wear gold. God walks on gold. Transparent gold. Perfectly pure. Best gold in the universe. I mean, He walks on Jesus has a gold band around His chest. And some preachers get persecuted for wearing a gold watch. Our Lord wears a gold band around His chest, the book of Revelation says. And the foundations of the New Jerusalem, which is huge, it's like almost half the size of the United States, deep, wide, high, and long. And the foundation is, is precious gems and stones like you know, diamonds and beryl and onyx and jasper and emerald. It's like the foundations of the city are made of precious stones. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a rainbow around the throne of God like an emerald. Lightnings and thunderings proceed out of the throne of God constantly. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. <clears throat> and Jesus said, pray, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, that would show me that he's not against prosperity and he, he would like us to have enough on earth because he's got more than enough in heaven. So turn to, um, turn to actually, let me, let me show you a scripture in Joshua chapter 1. I don't have this one on my notes, but I wanted to make a kind of a distinction here between success and good success. Um, There is a thing that the world calls success and a lot of it has to do with outward only. But like we said, we know the outward could be there and you still be miserable. That's not good success. Now, I don't want to go to the other extreme either and say, well, money's not important. We don't need any of it. That's, that's off balance also. You do need money. For one thing, you need money to obey God. What did he say? You, you, we need money to obey certain scriptures. Like, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. How are you going to do that if you don't have a way to get to church? How are you going to get to church? I guess you could hitchhike, but you know, if there's a blizzard out, that might be a little interesting. And that still, that that would still be somebody would need to prosper to to get you there. Or you need shoes to walk at least. Or a coat. And the Lord says forsake not the assembling. Does that sound like you're going to need some prosperity to obey that scripture? What about this scripture? This scripture came to me Just before I got married and um, the Lord said in Timothy, he told a young minister in in the book of Timothy, he said, he that provides not for his own and those of his own house is worse than an infidel and has denied the faith. Man, when I read that scripture, I thought, that's it, man. I'm done with being lazy. I'm going to work. I'm going to provide for my own because I don't want to be classified, right? He that provides not for his own is worse than an infidel, an unbeliever, and has denied the faith. And then there's scriptures that talk about, you know, um, helping the poor. How can you help the poor if you ain't got enough? Then there's scriptures talking about bringing the poor that are cast out into your house. The Bible talks about feeding the hungry. The Bible talks about tithing. The Bible talks about giving offerings. These things you can't do if you believe in poverty. (laughs) You can't do that. I mean, how can you... And then the Bible says, go to all the world and preach the gospel to all believers. How are you going to do that? Airplanes cost money. Airplane tickets cost money. Right? Horses cost money. (laughs) Bicycles cost money. However, go to all the world and preach the gospel. Sounds like maybe the Lord had prosperity in mind for the church because going to all the world and preaching the gospel costs money. Just going to Africa costs money to one city in Africa, let alone all cities in Africa, and then every other continent and country on the planet. And if we're going to go preaching the gospel, then we're not going to let the dope dealers and whiskey salesmen fly in better first class than us. We have a better message. We need to get there in good shape. And if we're sending missionaries, we need to send them first class. That's why we always like to take up large offerings for missionaries when they're in town and Because we want to send them out first class. We don't want them just going to Russia. We want them in good shape when they get there. Not a bunch of jet lag and crinked backs and hurt neck because they're in coach all the time. We're talking about ambassadors for God in other countries. Preaching the gospel and trying to get people to heaven. So, um, Joshua chapter 1. And I want you to notice in verse 8. Let's just jump to verse 8. God's telling Joshua how to cross over from lack into abundance. And he said, this book of the law, we could say the Bible, shall not depart out of your mouth. Keep it in your mouth. But you shall meditate therein, in the word of God, day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then, Joshua, you shall make your way prosperous, and you shall have... Good success. Why not just say success? Because there is a success that's not good or not so good. And then there's a good success. And this is what we're talking about. Good success has a lot to do with attracting good things into your life because of the kind of person you've decided to develop into. It's called attracting good success. And so you you need to realize that This is something God wants for you. He's a good father, and he's going to show you how, I believe, through this this teaching here. Turn to the book of Joel. Happy and rich. (laughs) I call that good success. Rich, I might call success, but happy and rich, I think I'm going to call that good success. (laughs) Right? I mean, you're actually happy. You didn't stab 29 people in the back to get what you were. You didn't climb on top of other people, make false deals, lie, cheat, uh, never spend time with your family. I mean, <laughs> right? To all, all businessmen who think you've got to climb to the top of the ladder. Let, let me just say this. Um, no man has ever said on his deathbed, gee, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. No dad has ever ended up on his deathbed saying, me. I wish I would have spent more time at the office. No, they wish they would have spent more time with their kids, their family, their spouse. And just the way it is. So in Joel, uh, did I say Joel? Joel chapter one. So I want to talk to you about this before we read this verse. um, I want to ask you a question. You notice the title of this is Happy and Rich. What comes first? Are people happy because they're rich? Or could they be rich because they have a certain attitude about them? Which would be joy, happiness. Well, as we read these next few scriptures, you're going to see very clearly that I don't, think, I don't think it's proper to say people are happy because they're rich, although that produces some, some things in the natural I think it's more people are rich cuz they're happy. And I'm not just talking about being happy and poor. That's great. That's wonderful. But I'm talking about being happy and that state of happiness actually attracts wealth into your life. You want to see some of that here? Look at Joel chapter 1 verse 12. We go to the scripture quite often when we're talking about joy. And I want you to see here again the the connection between lack of joy and poverty. And you're all there except me. Joel chapter 1, and I want you to notice verse 12. So they had some problems. Their businesses were not doing well. The vine is dried up. And remember, agriculture was a number one business in these days. The vine was dried up. The fig tree languisheth, which means it's drying up, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree, even all the trees of the field are withered." Why? King James says, "...because joy withered away from the sons of men." So what, what is this about our joy leaves and things get bad? Well, if that's the case, then wouldn't it be if the joy comes back, things get better? Now, come on, this is going to make you want to be joyful by choice. Quit waiting for some feeling, quit waiting for some, you know, soft 78 degree wind breeze blow across your face and and everybody treating you white, right? This is going to make you take joy a little more serious. It's more of a business than it is a feeling. Joy is a business. Actually, Mark Hankins quotes C.S. Lewis all the time. He says, Joy is the serious business of heaven. Yep. Joy is serious business? What do you mean? Just, just understand, God says to be joyful for a reason. Right. And here it says, all their stuff withered. You can put it back on the screen. It said, all their businesses were withering and failing, and nothing was producing because joy left their lives. Isn't that interesting? You would have think it said um, their businesses were failing and then they got sad. But it said they got sad and their businesses started failing. Are you seeing that? It didn't say their businesses started failing and then they got sad. It said they got sad and their businesses started failing. Joy is way more powerful than we've realized. And a really good word to you right now is this you can be joyful anytime you want. You don't have to have a feeling, you don't have to have a goosebump, you don't have to have great circumstances. You can be joyful anytime you want. And if you're smart, you'll be joyful every day of your life and actually become a more joyful person. And then it'll start to affect your surroundings and circumstances because joy and faith are like comrades. There's no such thing as sad faith. You can't be sad. And believe God at the same time. Because God said, I'm going to get you out of every problem. You're going to overcome every disaster. You're going to get through every challenge. You're going to come up. You're going to go higher. Well, if you believe God, even if circumstances are crazy, you're going to be happy because you know it's temporary. Paul said, in, in 2 Corinthians 7, maybe we'll go there in a little bit. Paul said, I am exceedingly joyful in all my tribulations. He learned. What's there to be sad about? I get to see God move again. Another opportunity to see the invisible God come on the scene in the earth in my life. He said, I'm exceedingly joyful And all. He said, I just don't see God very much. I just don't see God very much. Well, just next time there's tribulation comes your way, just believe for him to show up because he loves doing that. He said, I'm exceedingly joyful in all my tribulation. And one of the reasons, not all reasons, but one of the reasons he was is because he knew the power of joy to change tribulation situations. He knew these scriptures. He knew the ones, other ones we're going to go to. So what comes first? Rich and then happy? Or happy and then rich? Come on, we saw it in reverse in this verse, right? The joy left and the riches dwindled. Well, I think we're smart enough to realize if the joy comes back, the businesses will do better. See, being wealthy God's way is more than just hard work. It includes hard work. The the same chapter, chapter 10, says a diligent hand makes rich. And those that are slothful, they they end up in poverty. But it's not everything. Working hard is not everything. Attitude is so much of it. There's a joy knob in your life. Yeah. Crank it up. Mm-hmm. I said there's a joy knob on the inside of you. Don't wait for feelings. Don't wait for circumstances. Don't wait for somebody to be all nice to you. Crank up that joy knob. I know. We were Hunter and I were in a plane again today, a private plane, and um, we were flying around the valley, up around Rifle and all, and really nice plane, really nice autopilot and everything. Hunter's and you know flying the plane and. Um, When you have it on autopilot, there's a little dial, like a volume knob or something. You just turn it up. And when it's on autopilot, you turn it up and it begins to ascend, you know, at the speed the plane wants to because autopilot will slap your hands at times if you're going too fast. And the plane starts going up because he turned the dial. He turned the dial and it started going up and up, 10,000, 10,500 or whatever. And it was so cool because if you want to go higher, See, the plane didn't just go higher because we needed to or we wanted to. A dial had to be turned. And I look at it like our, our attitude has a lot to do with our altitude. You know what I mean? We we're at an altitude of about 10,500. And he, he turned that little dial up and, and we started going up. And um, I thought, that's like joy. How high we go in life has a, so much to do with our attitude. So much. It's a spiritual force. Something happens in the invisible world. When we maintain a proper attitude, we maintain a proper altitude. I don't know how it works exactly other than it's an invisible force, connect, force connected with faith. And when that's emanating out of your life, God and the angels can work for you more if your attitude's in line with His Word, in line with faith, in line with joy. And you just go higher. It's supernatural. Look at Proverbs 17. Proverbs chapter 17. Um, This is one of my favorite scriptures in talking about joy. And I ask Carla sometimes, Carla, what should I teach on? She goes, man, teach on joy. The anointing is strong when you teach on joy. And joy is so so cool because this is something you and I could start right now. And if you're not in the habit of being joyful by choice, You need to start developing the habit of being joyful by choice. I mean, no feelings needed. I'm going to be joyful. No feelings, no perfect circumstances needed. Pastor, you don't know what's going on. Do you want to stay in it or change it? Because what I'm talking to you tonight is about changing things that aren't comfortable, changing things that aren't right, changing things that are not the will of God. And we don't change things by, by agreeing with things. We don't change things by lining up with it. We don't change things by following things. Right, right. Things go bad, our attitude follows like a little puppy. No, things should be following our attitude. Yes, and we're going to get to this scripture in just a minute, but you, you need to realize this, that Love, joy, peace are fruits of the Spirit. How many of you walk in love only when you feel like it? (laughs) Hmm? Then why do we think we walk in joy only when we feel like it? Right. Right? Why do we walk in peace only when we feel like it? No, we are the masters here. Jesus made us little masters, right? He's the Lord of Lords. And... Another thing about joy, love, joy, peace, fruit of the Spirit. You ready? You ready for this? We should be growing in joy. Not decreasing in joy the older we get. We should be growing in joy because love is a fruit. And if fruit stops yeah. growing, something's wrong. We should be growing in joy. On purpose, just like we want to grow in love. Right? Right? <laughs> Amen, Pastor John. Proverbs 17. You're going to love this. Look at Proverbs 17. And I want to relate this to finances tonight because do, does anybody agree that your finances can be sick at times? Lacking, not good, hurting, pain because of lack of finances. Anybody, anybody experience the pain of... You know what Paul called it? It's real interesting. Paul said to the church at Philippi, he said, you did well that you communicated with me in my affliction. And he was talking about not having enough financially to do the ministry God called him to do. If you read the context, he said, you communicated with me, guys, in my affliction. Philippians chapter 4, the, the verses we quote all the time about my God shall supply all your need because of the offerings you brought into the ministry, because you constantly supported me. God didn't forget that. Get ready for him. To, he called lack affliction. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? In Philippians 4, he calls financial lack affliction. So, what does it say here? Proverbs 17, 22. I want you to see this and relate it to the area of finances. A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. So you see right here, a broken spirit affects the physical. A merry spirit, or a merry heart, affects the physical. Now, you know he's talking about physical health here because he said a merry heart on the inside is medicine on the outside. One translation says a happy heart makes a healthy body. If you look up in the King James, I don't know if you guys have a King James Bible, but if you look up in the King James, it says a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. The word like is italicized. And anytime you see a word italicized in the King James Version of the Bible, it's not in the original manuscript. So really it's saying a merry heart doeth good. It is a medicine, not just like a medicine. A merry heart is real spiritual medicine that can affect your body and it can affect your surroundings. It can affect your finances. We just saw in the book of Joel, their joy withered and their businesses withered. Well, what if their joy was real strong? Their businesses would have been healed. Hmm? They would have become whole again. And so a merry heart... Does good. So I like to say it like this. Joy makes good things happen. It is not a responder only. Joy is a producer. Now do you know why the devil's trying to constantly get people depressed and sad? Because he knows the power of joy. He knows the power of joy. We grew up in a world used to being happy when things go well. We need to retrain ourselves. We're not just happy when things go well. We are, but we're not just happy when things go well. We're happy and then things do go well. Are you following me? And remember, you're a child of God. You can be happy anytime you want. How many know right now you could be happy about the things the Lord's already done for you and not even see a change in your finances? I mean, is Jesus with you? Are you going to heaven when you die? Your sin's forgiven? Glory to God. We need to focus on that. In this scripture, a merry heart, put it back on the screen, it says a merry heart does something. Anybody need anything done in the area of prosperity or healing for your finances or anybody? A merry heart what? A merry heart responds. No, a merry heart does a merry heart does something. Do you realize there's times you just need to go, ha, 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 ha? God's bigger. Ha, 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 ha. I'm going to feel normal again, better than normal. Ha, 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 ha. Every bill's getting paid. God didn't lie. Ha, 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 ha. ha. He's opening the windows of heaven upon me. Devil said it's been 35 years. Ha, 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 ha. It was 40 for Caleb and he still got his inheritance and enjoyed it greatly at 80 years old. I mean, just fire back at the devil. When the devil hits, hit back with scripture. Just ha, 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 ha. If you really want to give the devil a nervous breakdown, when he comes at you with problems and situations and tries to tell you you're never going to make it, laugh at him. Laugh at him, say, "What are you? What, what, what are you doing? You trying to get me to think my God doesn't love? You You're trying to get me to think my Father God lied to me? Ha 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 ha!" ha. Kenneth Hagin one time was dying. It sounded like with heart problems and situations and things were coming upon him at late at night. He just decided to start laughing. See, the devil came to him and said, at night, sometimes the devil just comes at night." You just mean dark at night and said, you're gonna die. You're not gonna get healed this time. You're not gonna get healed this time. You're not gonna get your healing this time. You're not gonna get your healing this time. Like a machine gun, but you're not, his heart's freaking out and he's in bed, covers over his head, his wife's asleep. He's going ha 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 ha. No, no, don't lose me here. He's going ha 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 ha. Heart freaking out. Probably thoughts of you better get to the hospital. You're gonna die. Your wife's gonna find you dead. Because he had a heart problem when he was young and he got healed of it and tried to come back. Ha, 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 ha. Now don't lose me, you ready? He laughed like that, no inspiration, for 45 minutes. And he said about two or three times in the midst of him laughing, the devil said, you're not going to get your healing this time. And he laughed and, and the devil said, what are you laughing at? And Kenneth Hagin said, I'm laughing at you, Mr. Devil. You're trying to tell me I'm not going to get my healing. Uh, Newsflash. Jesus already got it for me. I don't have to get it. I'm laughing at you because you're trying to tell me I have to get something the Lord already got for me. And I'm standing in faith. And he believed God. And in 45 minutes, all symptoms left. He said the devil packed up his bags and left. And he was totally fine. So you say, well, that's awesome. I think I'll try that. It doesn't work for triers. And it doesn't work for people that try it for 10 minutes. He had to do it for 45 minutes. But he was convinced. The Lord had gotten it for him. He wasn't going to budge. Even though symptoms were freaking out. The devil's saying it's not working. For some reason, you're not going to get your healing this time. Blah, 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 blah. He just sat there. No, uh-uh. See, when the devil hits you, you're in control. Not him. Don't let him, tell, don't let him convince you that he's in control. Real quick, before we close. Um, I want you to go to one more scripture, and let's look at that scripture in Matthew chapter 2. I quoted it a little bit ago. Matthew chapter 2. So according to these scriptures right here, do you just need more money, or do you need more joy? Reach a little deeper in the well of joy, right? What what do you need? If if you're financially hurting right now, is it just more money that you need? Or do we need an attitude more in line with, my God shall supply all my need. I've given, it's being given unto me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Jesus didn't lie. So look at one more scripture, Matthew chapter 2. Now, this is talking about the uh, the Magi it says in verse 1 in Matthew 2 1 when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king behold there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem and this was talking about kings Magi and uh, they said where is he that is born king of the Jews we has seen his star in the east and are come to worship him in verse 10, it says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. <laughs> Look at all these adjectives and adverbs. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Who does that? Who rejoices with exceeding Great joy. You know the kind of joy that messes up your hair? Your robe, robe is flapping in the back, and you know, your coattail is going. Who, who does that? Kings. Very wealthy people. Do you see that? They opened treasures and they presented him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These were kings, these were wealthy men. And they were rejoicers. So let me just leave this with you one more time. According to all the scriptures we just saw, what comes first? Happy or rich? Now you'll be somewhat happy because you are rich, but what comes first? According to these scriptures, a merry heart makes a healthy life. It's not healthy life and then you're merry. It's a merry heart makes your life healthy. Are people are people happy because they're rich or are they rich because they're happy? That's good. And I'm not just talking about jumping into happiness when you're in trouble. I'm talking about a heart that is with you 24-7. If you're not a happy person, I encourage you right now, be a happy person. From this day forward, let the people that you're close to notice a difference in you in the next 24 hours. Smile a little more. Be happy because of what you believe. Realize that you're not staying in this lower level. You're coming up. God's helping me. Ha, ha, ha. Laugh more, right? Laugh on purpose at times. You don't, you don't just love when you feel like it. Well, we're not supposed to just be joyful when we feel like it. We're doing it because it's a fruit of the Spirit. God told us through Paul, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We may get into it, but joy is a commandment. <laughs> love is a commandment. Joy is a commandment. If God says rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, maybe we should take it serious. I'm going to obey the commandment of joy. And it makes good things happen. Glory to God. Right. So right now, as we're getting happy, certain things are emanating out of our life, giving God and the angels a right to bring good success into your life on a higher level. Anybody glad for that? Yes. Let's stand up and rejoice together. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Amen. The wise men. Who rejoices with exceeding great joy? Rich kings. I wonder if that had anything to do with them being rich kings. There's something about joy that attracts good things into your life. It even does something to me when I see people in joy. It's like, golly, that's awesome. Maybe I'll go there and, and do my business. Maybe I'll do business over there. They seem to be up and happy. I mean, they're not complaining and down all the time. They're up and happy. And I know they're going through trials because you know, they've got half the people in their restaurant that they normally have, but they're up. It's like, I want to go back there. I don't sometimes you don't just go back for the food, you go back cuz of the atmosphere. That's right. That's right. So anybody want to commit with me to be a little happier? Yes. yes. To be more to be more happy. Let's just commit right now. Father, we just commit to be more joyful than before we came in this meeting. We're going to grow in joy because joy is a fruit of the Spirit. We're going to grow in joy. And Father, we're going to see more success and increase of finances in our life because we're going to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Thank you for helping us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's podcast.